Welcome to the Unprofessional Wrestling Podcast. Here are your hosts, Cody and Leo. Welcome, everybody, to the Unprofessional Wrestling Podcast. I am Leo, and I'm joined by Cody via Skype. What up? Uh, today, episode 53, episode four. Is it four from quarantine? Four, I don't know. I'm losing 4.5. Going stir crazy. Yeah, we've been in quarantine for a while, but uh, uh, not it's, really. a, it's a new episode. Um I'm pretty excited about this one. It's uh, featuring Roman Roselle. Yeah. Uh, we've done some promo work. I'm sure you've seen it on our pages. Um, I just got to tell you guys, if if you haven't gone and watched the YouTube video uh, made by USA Today uh, about Roman Roselle, just gives you like a brief, um, you know, 15 minutes what he's been, what he's about, what he's gone through, where he's at now. Uh, it's really inspirational stuff. Um, I suggest you guys go and watch it. We tried to kind of steer clear of a lot of that and a lot of the other stuff he's touched on on uh, other podcasts. Yeah, um, we tried to keep it pretty pretty close to pro wrestling as much as we could. Yeah, and that's not saying like hey, that stuff isn't interesting um, because it is. Like his his backstory is you know, movie type stuff. It, it's what you would want as a backstory for a pro wrestler. It's stuff you write. Um, and so pretty amazing stuff, uh, but it is out there. And so I encourage you guys to go out there and look at these other podcasts that have featured him and watch the USA Today piece. Um, I actually just got my Warrior Lifestyle Journal. Uh, Dose oh, of you already ordered it. Good yeah. job. I was going to. I yeah, haven't. So, it's on so my Amazon it. list for sure. Yeah, I got it today. Um, just browsing through it. It's kind of like an inspirational uh, slash journal slash uh, workbook. Um, so I'm, I'm pretty excited to, to get to work on it. Um, so check it out. It is on Amazon. Um, he's also got really cool merch uh, from Grunt Style. And you guys can reach out to him on all the social media pages. Um, but I thought it was a, a really good interview, really good listen, really cool guy. And I hope when all this goes back to normal, um, you know, he goes back to where he was at and, and keeps climbing. Yeah. Uh, but before we jump into that episode, uh, Cody's got some news to share with you guys about yeah. uh, possible appearance next week. Yeah, so big shout out to uh, DJ Impact from Vegas, Bad Boys of Wrestling, or Bad Boys of Podcasting, not wrestling. Um, one of my favorite podcasts to listen to, um, obviously it says it in the name, Vegas Bad Boys, uh, out of Las Vegas. They've done a lot of the similar talent to what we have done, on featured on our shows, but they have a, a new concept show that's called Four... Uh, four corner turnbuckle uh, it's where you basically go up against the host and you you got to prove your point and if he puts you in the if he puts you in the corner then you're you know you get counted out so 
that's uh, in the works as we speak, and yours truly will be featured on potentially the upcoming April 15th episode of Vegas Bad Boys Podcasting. So listen yeah. for it. We'll so everybody, plug it. I'll plug it. Everybody wish Cody good luck. Um, yeah, because DJ's probably going to, he's probably going to bury him, uh, but. <laughs> I, yeah, I'm, I'm probably going to get buried, but yes, buddy who will rename Nameless told me to like become a man and gave me this rouse like quit being a little pussy speech this morning because I wanted him to do it. But he's yeah. like, when are you going to grow up? When are you going to uh, say your prayers, eat your vitamins kind of bullshit? I don't know. Whatever. Yeah. So maybe you need to get your warrior lifestyle journal and quit being a bitch. I know. Yeah. I need to get shit done as our our upcoming guest is going to tell us to do also. Exactly. So without further ado, let's go ahead and dive into that episode. Uh, hope you guys enjoy it and stay unprofessional. Welcome, everybody, to the Unprofessional Wrestling Podcast. This is Leo. I'm joined by Cody. Today is episode 53, episode three since we started this quarantine. And we have a former uh, military, retired Green Beret, father of six, NCAA record holder, and now professional wrestler, Roman Roselle. How you doing, Roman? Doing good, brother. Good. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, yeah. Man, thank, thanks for coming on. Um, so I'm, uh, we're, we're pretty new to you. Uh, I seen, uh, you know, we, we kind of seen you on social media before you debuted with uh, DCW, Devotion Championship Wrestling in Utah. Yeah. And so I was familiar with you because you'd come up <laughs> on my social and, um, you know, you'd done some, some cool promos. And, uh, and then you showed up and, you know, as we mentioned before you came on the pod, like that was one of the, that was probably the coolest entrance of the night, you know? And so, um, I know that crowd was, you know, they'd never seen you before, but not only did you have the coolest entrance, uh, uh, but you had some of the coolest merch there too. <laughs> right. Yeah. Thanks. Crowd style, baby. Yep. So before we, you know, we'll get into your background a little bit, but how did that come about? Like, uh, cause, cause you... You, um, I don't want to say you're, you are from Arizona, um, right. but you, you've done some wrestling down there. You've done amateur wrestling down there. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and uh, how did that come about for you to come all the way up to Salt Lake City? To be into the pro wrestling? Yeah. Yeah. For, for DCW. Okay. Well, from the get go, like, um, I've always been a huge pro wrestling fan, like my baby book. You know, my mom writes in there, you know, this kid just loves to watch wrestling. And we just sit him in front of the TV and he just watches it. And it says, like, you know, 17 months old. Never been able to break it, like, even into my 30s. And that I grew up really unfortunate. So there's there's documentaries out there and other podcasts that I've done where I kind of elaborate on that. So it was like different stories, you know, grew up with the meth head mom, you know, I was all over the place, just just not the best upbringing. But what I did have was pro wrestling, so that that, that was like one of the things that I kind of 
fell back on, you know, when things were really bad. So right off the bat, like, yeah, that was like my go-to. That was my comfort was professional wrestling. And that was always the goal. I started a family early, you know, at 17. Um, I was fortunate to have a, you know, a wrestling scholarship out of high school. At this time, I had two kids. And then, you know, just supporting them, I, you know, not necessarily forced. Like, I joined, you know, willingly into the military, but I needed to, like, support my family. So I, like, had to put every dream on all professional wrestling, college wrestling, just a lot of stuff that I did. And did everything that I did in the military, in the NCAA. Then I finally got an opportunity when the WWE reached out to me and asked me if I wanted to come out for a tryout um, back in October 2019. So right off the bat, I was like, holy crap, like the universe is just working for me like it's coming for full circle because I'm about to graduate. So <clears throat> I was just kind of shocked that this was happening. And just just the way like, I mean, they had no idea that I was a huge fan forever. It was just based off of me, you know, you know, being me a, a Green Beret NCAA athlete you know, stuff like that. And once, once that had happened, like prior to going to the tryout in December, I had other pro wrestlers um, that I've like always followed and spoke with, you know, give me a bunch of advice, help kind of get me prepared and ready for that. And we're like, dude, or they were always like, dude, you have a great story. This is something that, you know, you should, you should really take serious. And I was already doing that. Went to the tryout, and you know, I mean, I think you know the WWE released that W uh, that Performance Center 2019 tryout, and they featured me in it, and I've and I think I you know I did a great job as far as like um, crushing it, honestly. And everyone was basically told the same thing at the end, you know, like, hey, we have a plethora of talent, you know, even tryouts prior to you guys, so. In the future, you'll get like, you know, a yay, nay, or don't come back ever. And with that, hey, don't quit your day jobs. Just continue to make a name for yourself. That's how they pretty much left everybody. So right after that, I contacted, you know, some of my friends that are actually in the WWE and others that aren't. And they kind of said like, hey, that's standard. And hey, yeah, what they said is true, man. Go out and make a name for yourself right off the bat you know i started training and the the school that i'm at now they weren't in set for beginners or any of that other stuff wasn't in session at the time so i had to reach out to like some friends that lived in tucson which for me is like two and a half hours away so i would drive there every night you know uh you know throughout the week and it was killing me in gas and plus i was still a college student still wrestling at asu and then i'd go out you know, get there by, you know, seven, train till 10, get home by, you know, one or two. And I was doing this frequently. And with that, um, a couple close friends of mine, actually the guy that, that I worked with, or I mean, tag teamed with Derek, the big, you know, mercenary monster, my tag team partner. He, uh, he was trained by the Namaha warrior and, they work out all the time and word got to the other school and they're like, Hey, reach out to, you know, Dom and Gallo. 
um, the keepers of the faith, you know, the rest for championship wrestling, you know, of Arizona. Yeah. And they were like, dude, like, you know, you should have reached out to us from the get go. And I was like, well, I looked on, you know, the website and he said like, Hey, this next session starts in, I don't know, March. And, you know, we're in December, you know, January timeframe. And I needed to, cause I was able to get shows booked just based off of my physique, my name and all the other stuff, but I needed to learn the craft and all the other stuff. And I wanted to do it right. I didn't just want to just show up at a show just because of, you know, whatever. And they respected that. And right off the bat, they took me in and, and started training me and you know i um uh, and with dan severn was training me too as well and that's pretty much how I, I got booked locally and just made good connections you know with you know the man the king of the lemonade stand manny lemons you know he's he reached out to me too when he, he'd come down to wrestle for you know the arizona shows and it was like hey man these are some dates like if you want to come like give you shot and stuff like that so he gave me opportunity you know based off of you know what i'd already done here you know with navajo and everybody and that's how i ended up with dcw man it was just just kind of awesome definitely a lot yeah. of work behind the scenes man yeah what do you think of that because that so I've, I've been to other dcw shows um but that was the first time in that grand hall and yeah I thought that was a that was a pretty dope place it was man it was nice it's like a little mini coliseum yeah. Aaron Johnson. So yeah, um, how did the thing with Dan the Beast Severn come up? I mean, how did you I mean, how does one call Dan Severn, a UFC Hall of Famer, and just say, Hey, uh, <laughs> you wanna come train me? <laughs> well he was uh he was ASU alumni to begin with. So he was like okay, you know, right? he was a Arizona State alumni and he would come out to do meet and greets all the time at ASU and just followed it a lot and <clears throat> and just um, from a state side, like people knew who I was because it was very unconventional, you know, like the oldest wrestler around. So that's how we like connected and met, you know, exchanged contacts. And when it happened that I got an email from the WWE, I reached out to my coaches and I was like, hey, should I really, you know, do this? You know, this is something I've always wanted. And they've always known that, too. And they're like, yeah you know, here's a couple guys you can reach out to. And I was like, you know, Dan, right. And I was like, of course. Yeah. I was like, I already know him personally, so I can reach out to him and talk to Dan. And we met up and we didn't have a wrestling ring because <coughs> this is like October timeframe. So the only way he could train me was like in the ASU wrestling room, <coughs> excuse me, like off hours. He was teaching me how to bump, you know, on a wrestling mat, which is so painful and it almost <laughs> hindered me from even wanting to go to the trial. Like, I'm like, God, this is crazy. And a wrestling ring is tough. It hurts. But doing it on just on a wrestling mat, yeah. <laughs> you'll injure yourself. So by the time I did get on a wrestling ring, it felt like pillows. I mean, not really, but it felt good. But that's how Dan was. He was old school. And he's like, well, we can do this. Let me teach you these things. And I mean, yeah, like. It was crazy that it was happening to me. Like, I can't believe Dan the B Severn is, you know, taking time out of his day to train me and this and that. And and he he really wanted me to succeed. And then it turned into that for him to and then he started like, All right, well, I'll be your enforcer, your trainer, you know, I'll be your manager. And if I need to get in, I'll get in to the mix. So he's been a huge advocate and has, you know, Getting damn books usually would cost like a good arm and leg, and he charged that. But there was like times where he was like, you know, I'm gonna do this just for you, 
you know, because I believe in you, like I'm passing the torch to you. So that meant a lot to me. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's awesome. Um, you know, you haven't actually been doing like professional wrestling for very long, have you? No. Uh, just since October, I had the, the WWE trial in December. And then like my first match in early January. See, and, and I watched that match on at, at DCW and, and, uh, you know, you can tell everybody's learning as they go, right? But yeah. you didn't look, as you would say, green or like you you looked like you knew what you were doing. The mannerisms is something that, you know, I appreciated that you and, and Derek did and just how you guys, you know, portrayed yourself. Like I said, the entrance was one of the coolest ones, and I think that helped carry everything else too, right? Like the way you guys portrayed yourself. Yeah, man, no, I appreciate it. Thanks. And I think that just comes with being a fan and, and just, I think my work ethic, just wanting, I obsess about everything and I want everything to be perfect. So like in the off time, like I'm practicing stuff in the mirrors, like, you know, elbowing like the sides, like making sure I don't hit it hard and stuff. Like I'm always like trying to do extra from basically like from what I've been trained. Cause there's, a, you know, there's a lot I got to learn, but since I'm being taught by, you know, some of the best, you know, when I leave, you know, the training facilities, I go home and I put that into practice like all the time. So, and I was hoping that that's how it would like come off, like in the ring that I wouldn't, you know, just be like so green to the people that they can kind of feel it and kind of believe it. And me being a fan and like knowing what I like to watch and see, like just kind of, it's real, you know? Yeah. You know, yeah. You know when you see me out there. So has, has this been, because you've, you touched on it briefly, and um, for for our listeners who aren't familiar with Roman Roselle, I I seriously suggest that you guys go to YouTube and look up Roman Roselle, and look up uh, the video that was done by USA Today on him. Mm-hmm. Um, that that was really great, uh, very inspirational, and just the stuff. Uh, as as you've mentioned, uh, you know, briefly here and in other places like your rough upbringing um, and what you've gone through, you know, your your, green, your retired Green Beret, you were in the military for 14 years. Um, is this, I, it seems like you enjoy challenges. Is this, um, mm-hmm. given what you've been through, is this as hard or is it just, does it make it easier? Is it just part of you now? You mean like professional wrestling? Yeah. Oh yeah, dude. It's, it's like everything, like it's a different type of hard. And honestly, like the other things that I've done, I've been able to kind of like muscle through it and just suck it up, survive. Whereas like I have, I've always respected professional wrestlers and professional wrestling. I mean, I'm a huge fan, super Mark and learning the craft is totally changed my life because I'm you can teach me something once and I'm going to get it for the most part. But like, I've actually really have had not really difficulty, but like, you know, this is like a universal thing that's taught to you. Like you, you have to go to wrestling schools and stuff like this because you're just going to wrestle some dude you've never met before. And you got to put on a show that, you know, is believable and real and they got to believe it. So learning it, like, I'm like, yeah, I can take bumps. I can do this. I could take the pain, but then like, putting it all into motion 
like it's so different because it's it's such an art it's more than it's more than a dance like it's perfect and your your placement where you're at the ring the atmosphere you know change the fly like or just you know <clears throat> most people that are watching kind of understand like that you know wrestling is what it is right <laughs> i'm not like i'm not like I'm trying to say kayfabe for the most part but like honestly like I got to be able to do it's something an art. without you, with you ever seeing me like talk to the other guy, say something. That's like, yeah. it's so difficult because like me, like I'm always trying to watch. I'm like, hey, am I going to see this move? Am I going to see his mouth? It's like watching ventriloquist. Like, am I going to yeah. see his mouth move? Could do this. So like when it's done right, you're like, oh my God, like these guys are freaking good. And everything that they do, like it takes a toll on your body. And the, the fact that you can just link up with somebody and pull off like a real good show so that's like the level that i want to get at like i think i can get there i have my moments but it's it that's why it's been so hard because i'm like dang man this takes like i really got to go practice like every day to learn this and i got to keep this up if i want to be i can be just like a regular you know indie wrestler but you know i'm driving to be like you know the best like i want more than just being average and that's why it's difficult because of the art form of it. Like I'm used to getting something so easy and so fast, but this is actually something that's going to take a lot of trial, error, practice and repetition. And that's why it's hard. Cause I'm like, man, you know, it's the sequence of things and just doing it on the fly. And, you know, I can get beat up all day long, but actually the art of it, like I have tons of respect for every pro wrestler out there indie beginner or not it's just like it takes a toll on you man yeah especially like me things... go ahead especially like you yeah just like doing practice taking you know over 100 bumps a night for practice oh my god like that's hard on my body and then you know the conditioning part that's that's just something in itself and then and then actually learning you know the moves the sequences and stuff like that it's it's definitely a definitely a grind. So as you're learning, because you're still you know a pretty much a beginner, even though you've had a couple matches under your belt, um, I've never wrestled or anything like that in my life. But to me, just the type of person I am, I think what would get me, would get me. is um, the the other person I'm wrestling has to trust me with their life, right? So if I mess up doing a move, you know, I could seriously injure this person. Yeah, that's scary. Is that something that, you know, goes into your training or is it just Oh yeah. <laughs> because that, you know, you have to you have to not only protect yourself, but you have to protect that other person. Yeah, no, totally. That's 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 part of the training and why you have to do a hundred bumps and I got to take, you know, a t- bunch of, you know, body slams, you know, hip tosses, everything, because it has to, you have to get that down to where it's just so second nature. Otherwise you're going to hurt the other person. But, but when you're working, <clears throat> you know, with, you know, guys at my level and other beginners, like <laughs> those are the times where you're probably going to hurt each other, but it's better to get injured then and there than it is to you know to do it with you know some guy who's been doing it for 10 15 years you know and then you get an opportunity because of your your name or fame whatever 
and then you end up hurting him. Like, yeah, you don't want that. And I don't want to be that guy. Yeah. So do you find it um, difficult or do you think more difficult because you, you've had, you've suffered from, you know, PTSD. I've seen on your thing where I think it said you had vertigo yeah. or something like that. Yeah. And, vertigo. And brain injury. And um, <laughs> is that something, you know, and I'm sure your family's supportive as you know, you did 14 years in the military. This is a whole different beast though. I'm sure they're supportive of what you're doing, but is that something that ever comes up like, or you're afraid you'll you'll injure yourself in a different manner because of these other things? Uh, no, sometimes I worry about like uh, um, maybe like my anxiety levels sometimes. Like the last thing I want to do is, you know, and that was part of the reason why I couldn't stay in the military anymore. You know, am I going to have like a panic attack, you know, during a crazy mission or the same thing, like, and then transitioning into school and then doing collegiate wrestling. Am I going to have that? And then for pro wrestling. But that hasn't been the issue. You know, I have, like, <clears throat> like a good mental health, like, hygiene, you know. Like, I, I stay physically active. I eat well. Um, you know, I, I still do counseling. You know, I take medication. Like, I do every – there's, 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 like, no happy pill. So there's a lot of things you got to do. But those are the, I mean, if I had to worry about something, it's just like that. But I've always had to, you know, overcome that. Hmm. So one thing that was said in that uh, USA Today video as well, it was briefly touched on. So I don't know if it was just something, it, it said something that you were struck by lightning. Yeah. During the special forces qualification course. So how did that happen? Because I think that's something that, you know, amazing that someone survived and, you know, all the things you've done since. But, you know, it was just kind of briefly touched on. I was like, wait, I want to know more about that. Yeah, no, the uh, so I was in it was more like I was electrocuted by the lightning bolt. Like anybody that was in a 20 meter radius, like because we the, the, the Q course, like we were doing land navigation. So there's probably 200 candidates out there. And at night, you know, we kind of bivouacked, you know, in the middle of the forest in Fort Bragg, North Carolina. And with that, <clears throat> it was raining and, you know, thunder and lightning. And it just sucked. And the one thing you want to do is, you know, be by trees and stuff like that because lightning hits trees a lot. I, was, I wasn't thinking that. I was thinking, like, God, today sucked. It's raining. You know, do I even want to do this? My life was, you know, just as good at when I was in the regular army, I was like, well, at least let me try to get out of the rain. Well, here's a rain puddle. I'm going to lay in the rain puddle just so the rain doesn't hit me. I mean, that wasn't like my, that was the reality of it, but that's not what I was thinking. I was like, Hey, let me get out of the rain. So <clears throat> let me put up this poncho. And I had like two bungee cords, put the poncho up just so the rain wouldn't stop hitting me. And I'm like, let me get just a couple hours sleep before we got to go on this, you know, second day of, you know, land navigation where each point is like six to eight miles away from each other. So I went to sleep and then right as I like maybe dozed off and was hitting REM sleep was uh, out of nowhere, like a huge, like obviously like explosion is what it sounded like to me. I felt like I was back in Iraq and, you know, VBID went off. But I knew I was, like, home, so I knew that wasn't the case, but I couldn't move. And, like, it felt like there was a liquid fire through my throat. And it was, like, bright white, like, but it was, like, 
you know, middle of the night, but it, it was the lightning that hit, like, lit up the whole campground as if it was daylight. And so for, I mean, it was real brief, like, when me being electrocuted, it was, for for the most part, I couldn't move, but, like, maybe five, ten seconds where I'm just, like, stuck or longer. And then afterwards, like, my, you know, my throat was swollen, it, you know, it was, it was, uh, the ambulance had to come and <clears throat> it looked as if I like had like an allergic reaction to something, but it wasn't just me. Like I'd got like, I was underneath the tree and the tree was God, man, at least over 15 feet tall. And it like, it, like the lightning bolt, like hit it and broke it in half. <clears throat> and the puddle that I was in basically took was like the hub of it. And that's why I said anybody within a 20 meter radius, like felt some type of electrocution, but I was lucky, man. Yeah. My, my heartbeat was off and I don't know how, I mean, I know how I recovered, covered fast, but you know, a lot of prayers that night, but I was like very fortunate to, you know, be here right now. Wow. Yeah. No, it, it seems like, uh, you've been faced with, with many, many challenges, um, and you just continue to overcome. And so, um, I, baby, (laughs) so can you tell our listeners what that means? It's on your shirts. Yeah. The GSD. So that's just some, you know, got to get shit done or depending like if you're in church, got to get, get stuff done, you know, (laughs) get stuff done, you know, get shit done because yeah, life's going to hit you. There's so much stuff that happens, but you keep, at the end of the day, you still got to get shit done. Like you still got to brush your teeth. You still got to get dressed. You got to work out, especially this quarantine, man. Like I, I have a really good work ethic, always like self-motivated, but even like during these times, I'm like, dude, I know right now I should be doing like 50 to a hundred push-ups, sit-ups and, you know, 500 air squats so I can stay in shape. But it's hard. Like mentally, I'm like, dude, I don't feel like it, but if I want to get where I'm at, like I got to, I still got to get shit done. So it's like, you got to do it. But that's just, it's just a saying, like I've always just been told in the background, like, Hey man, GSD, you tell them a good problem. Like you think they're going to console you like, you know, Hey, this happened, this happened, you know, school sucks. My wife left me this is going on. They're like, yeah, man, GSD, get shit done. Like really? But then you're like, Oh man. Yeah. All right all that stuff doesn't, isn't physically stopping me right now. So yeah, let me continue on the path to greatness. Yeah, no, that, that's awesome. And, and since, you know, we talked about get shit done, the GSD shirts, uh, let's go ahead and plug them. Like where can they get those? Cause those shirts are fucking awesome. And I was telling Cody, I was like, I really should have gotten one when I went to that show. Um, but I didn't know if you guys took card or not. And I only had enough cash. And my daughter wanted one of those Lola shirts. So I went and got her a Lola shirt instead of getting me that GSD shirt. I'll get you a GSD shirt. Well, right now, uh, so they were only available for like three weeks on Grunt Style. And we'll bring them back eventually, but I have inventory. So like if anybody like wants a shirt, they can always reach out to me like, you know, through any of the social media outlet, outlets, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. But when I'll be back for DS, uh, DCW, you know, I'll have the shirts available too. So you know make sure everybody comes out you know watch it the big dog the real big dog man hashtag there's only one roman yeah so how did the deal with grunt i mean because i know grunt style is it's it's a clothing line for 
<laughs> veterans and active military, and they do no, a lot man. Of, it's, it's patriots. Yeah. Okay, and I think that's right. that's a misconception, man, because uh, oh. there's a lot of people that work for them that were never in the military, but oh, really? just because, yeah. And I think maybe that's why we're like we're reaching this audience with professional wrestling. Because actually, I got with Grunt Style prior to the professional wrestling deal. The CEO uh, Dan Alrick, uh, um was. I mean, I was introduced to him through like a mute from a mutual friend, the guy that I went to high school with, Mike McAllister. He watched my documentaries and knew all that stuff. And Dan, and you know, gave me a phone call and. I was like, hey, man, I love what you're doing, you know, what you've done. I know you're doing speaking engagements now. How can I help you? And at this point, man, it was kind of marking out to a guy like I've been wearing grunt style for like at that point, you know, I think like close to five years. So it was weird to be talking with a guy who clothing line I've been wearing since, you know, <clears throat> being a Green Beret and stuff like that. So. It was just like, hey, yeah, if we have like a partnership, whatever I can do, you know, the resources that they have, they can help me do whatever. <clears throat> and it was kind of slow at first because of NCAA, you know, regulations. Like, so I had to put that in the back burner because um, can't do promo work, can't do commercials, can't do anything. Like, even for me to do the WWE tryout, I had to, you know relinquish my eligibility so that I could do that and once that had happened and then I was able to start doing the pro wrestling that's when we took a shift and Daniel uh introduced me to Tim you know the grunt style first sergeant you know he's pretty much like the face of grunt style and you know runs all the operations huge pro wrestling fan and uh just like a good mentor of mine you know it's like hey let's let's do this man and that's pretty much where we took it because that was that is a misconception. A lot of people think it's just strictly for military, but no, man, they're a patriotic company. The reason why they started Grunt Style was they just wanted every household in America to like just be proud, just be happy to be in America. Like regardless of religion, faith, you know, sexuality, political party, they just wanted to be like, let's rock the flag and have funny shirts and you know just i mean yeah if you watch grunt style man they're it's it can be serious and then and it can be real comedic at the same time so it's just it's everything and hopefully getting into the pro wrestling business like everyone can kind of realize like oh shit yeah because the biggest patriots are pro wrestling fans man i mean i was one so mm -hmm. uh that's yeah. awesome because that's that's got to be you know a, a great endorsement as far as I know oh, you yeah. say you got into it before <clears throat> pro wrestling, um, but it just seems like as far of a wrestler, like it's almost like your backstory and everything going into it is something that was designed, like say in the eighties, like the real American Hulk Hogan, but you're <laughs> the real Hulk Hogan. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. No. You went through all this shit and you overcame all this stuff. And I think, that's something in, in pro wrestling, as you said, people can see when, when it's real and when it's a character, especially nowadays. Yeah. And so I, I don't, I don't know how anybody can't cheer for you. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. So yeah. it's going to be hard for me if I'm a bad guy, I'm that, that cocky. I'm that Kurt Angle, like, come on, man, I'm better than you. But yeah, why would you boo me, man? I got six kids, you know, life sucks for me. 
Yeah. Why would you boo a veteran? But at the same time, yeah, you would because I'm better than you. Oh. <laughs> right. It's it's fun. There's a there's there's so many ways that I can go with it, and it's me. Like, and even with, I can be that badass to where like, dude, like Mike Tyson. There's no way like you're gonna knock me out. Like I'm a real legit fighter, and it's gonna go down. Like that is me. And the other part of me too is like how you know grunt style shirts are funny and stuff. I mean, they have a shirt with. It says your feelings and like a stick figure kind of like humping it, you know, <laughs> you know, <laughs> fuck your feelings. Like, so it's funny, like they make you laugh. So like, and that's just me, like I'm comedic, you know, yeah. and then I've gone through a lot of shit. So I like, I can make you laugh and be kind of arrogant at the same time and be like, you know, that's the audience like you're going after. Cause it's, you can relate to that. Right. So as, as a kid and, and, you know, you being a kind of a, a troubled childhood and, and you turned to wrestling and we've always said, you know, we think wrestling brings people together. Like it suspends yeah. your disbelief, right? Like, mm -hmm. and, um, who was, cause I've, I've seen in other interviews that you kind of gravitated towards the heels and stuff like that. Like who was someone that you, you could connect, you know, as a teenager to or, or stuff like that. Well, right off the bat, dude, Hulk Hogan was my favorite of all time growing up. That was the reason why, like, Christianity and all of this other stuff was, like, organic for me. But when I saw Hulk wear, like, a cross, you know, necklace as, like, a, you know, four-year-old, five-year-old, you know, wearing, like, you know, the bandanas and stuff like that, America, like, telling me to take my vitamins, you know, say my prayers, listen to my parents, even though my parents, like, you know, had difficulties, Hulk Hogan was, like, the man I can't explain it. So, like, when, in the, as a teenager, like, to answer your question, you know, when Hulk became, like, a bad guy, I was, like, totally gravitated towards him. And, you know, Stone Cold at that time had just turned, uh, you know, characters from the ringmaster to, you know, Stone Cold Steve Austin. So, like, those, uh, I kind of felt like those were the guys who I wanted to be, you know, because I'm only 5'9", and I didn't know how, I mean, my dad's 6'3", Obviously, I knew I wasn't going to be as giant as him, but so those were the guys that I wanted to be. But I knew that I had like that attitude, that charisma that they had, and I could show it in other ways. So in part, like I still felt like I was, you know, their equivalent. Even though I was a teenager, I was doing backyard wrestling those days, trampoline wrestling. Oh, yeah, <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I, I gravitate. I gravitated the, those guys, man, and. They were the they were the fun, you know. Uh, Chris Jericho was always like a fun heel, just a funny guy. That's I think kind of where I get my humor from, and just the way like selling moves, like Mister Perfect, he was great, Kerhanning. <laughs> so a lot of that stuff just and Brett, you know Brett Hart. Yeah, I mean I can go on forever, but those were the guys that I gravity gravitated to. So are your kids in, in the wrestling too? Like, do they know, obviously they know you wrestle and stuff, right? But is that something you guys, because for me and my kids, and I, I have a little girl too, and, and you have more girls than I do, but <laughs> she, she, uh, she's really into it. You know, we'll go to a wrestling show and she's screaming her head off and she's just having fun. Like, is that something you can, you do with your family or is that just kind of what Yeah, daddy I've done likes? that since day, no, I, it's what daddy likes. And they really don't like it, but I've done it with them since day one. And I'll, I'll put some pictures up on Instagram actually, like throughout the years, like, cause this isn't just like a thing for me. This is what I've always done. Like I've, we've gone to like the, you know, the wrestling matches that are in like an abandoned, like Kmart 
building, you know, to watch Jake the Snake and stuff like that. And I've taken them to those and I've taken them to like, you know, whether it was TNA or, you know, WWE, like I've always taken them to those and make little shirts for them just to kind of see if they'd get into it. <laughs> They're girly girls, man. Like all of them, all five, they just, they, yeah, wrestling, like they kind of like do it. Cause I'll have like WrestleMania parties, SummerSlam parties. Cause when I was growing up Monday nitro, they used to have the nitro parties and people would take videos and, of their, uh, house parties and send them in. And if you won, you got to hang out with the nitro girls and mm-hmm. visit. Well, I never got to have those parties. So, <clears throat> I basically just pretty much had my own parties. I had my own crew, you know, with six kids. So we'd have like Monday night raw party and this and that. And it's we make cupcakes, cookies, or just kind of decorate, paint my face, do stuff like that. So I've done that all throughout the years, thinking that they would gravitate towards the love of pro wrestling. And it just turned to more of a thing like, Hey, we love this because daddy loves it. But if we have to watch it, I'm going to go play. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm still trying to get my son into it. He's five. And he, he's into John Cena. I was like, but John Cena doesn't even wrestle anymore. But he's that's like the only wrestle he, wrestler he knows. And he knows AJ Styles, but it, he just doesn't. Uh, <clears throat> they're just not into it. It's kind of weird because for me, like I told you, it was in my baby book. Like I, I didn't choose it. It pretty much chose me. And it's something I couldn't even break. Like even in my teenage years, like my grandparents used to just come. And my dad would like would come to me and be like, this is fake. And I would hate that. I'm like, all right, yeah, I get it. They're like, Roman, something's wrong with you. You know, you're 15. You, you know, we should call the cops because he just got thrown off the steel cage talking about like mankind. Like, you know, let's <laughs> let's report him. Like just trying to ruin it for me. And then I'm in my 20s and 30s and in the military. I don't meet very many people who are pro wrestling fans, but it's something I couldn't shake. <laughs> like I wanted to not like it just so I can kind of get on but no it's yeah it's it suspends your disbelief you kind of forget what's going on in the world and you just kind of you watch it so to be a part of it and do it right now it's 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 a different angle that i get to experience yeah no well it's it's uh it's great to have you on again uh cody do you have anything uh before we sign off on this no he kind of i just kind of wanted to ask about his family and because i i want to know how he did all this as a I mean, a businessman, uh, you know, goes to speaking engagements, you know, went to college in, late in his 30s and did all that. And how he did that with with six kids, like, that's just mind-blowing to me because I got three boys that are very, very active. And sometimes I can't find time to, you know, I just, I don't know how you do it. <laughs> Dude, well, that's it's, kind it's of about, it's inspirational. I'll you gotta get that. shit done, Cody. Yeah, GSC man, you gotta make those honeydew lists, the checklist, like what I gotta do. I if so, I have a book, like I have a mental health workbook that I self-published through Amazon. Which little plug, you can get that called uh, "Dose of Inspiration: Warrior Lifestyle Journal." And in there, I have a part <clears throat> like it talks about like mental health stuff, and I got worksheets and all that other stuff. But another part I have in there is you know how to schedule your time, and everybody knows how to do it. And even I said like even with the quarantine, like I have to dictate like what I'm gonna do. Otherwise, I'm gonna wake up at ten when I should have woke up at seven and got up. But if I really don't like commit to like what I'm gonna do the day prior, like zero seven wake up, zero seven thirty brush teeth, zero this eat your banana peanut butter workout, do this. I probably won't do it. And like, I may get 
do whatever. Like I will even carve out time for like kids. Hey, make sure kids have this, do this, eat a snack, then go say hi. Like it sounds stupidish, but like I've learned stuff like that because, you know, just having memory issues with the brain injury, but it's worked into that success of like carving time out for everybody, the family, the kids, the school and just whatever. And uh, I don't, I got it mastered down. Like I said, if I, if I don't do it myself, you don't use it, you lose it type deal. But that's, that's the only way to do it, man. You got to have that whiteboard out and be like, what am I doing tomorrow? Like people meal prep. Yeah. I like daily prep, like what I got to do. Cause if I don't like, I'll just wing it. And then I feel like I didn't accomplish anything. That's pretty much what I'm learning through this quarantine thing, man. I'm so off schedule. Yeah. It's, Mm. it's been, it's been rough. (laughs) Yeah. It's messed everybody up. (laughs) So hopefully, you know, when things get, I don't think it's ever going to go back to normal, but if it gets to to semi-normal and, and people can go back out again and start enjoying this wrestling thing. You know, I, I really hope this takes off for you. And I know it's not something you're going to give up on because you've never given up on anything from what I've been able to gather. I appreciate that. So, you know, keep it up. Um, Dose of Inspiration is the book, right, on Amazon? Yeah. Yep. Definitely have to check that out. Uh, how can people get a hold of you? Through... Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, hit me up. And uh, yeah, I'm always good about responding, man. Like I take, take all of it really serious. Yeah, I can. At RomanRosell.com. Yeah, I can attest for that because there was times where we were in this conversation over the last week getting this scheduled and everything. And you're like, there was like a day or two to get by. And then you're like, man, yeah, I'm good. Like you said. I'll get a hold of you Sunday and I'll let you know for sure. And like, sure shit. Sunday afternoon rolls around and you're in my inbox on my Facebook. And I'm like, damn, this guy doesn't fuck around. Like, <laughs> I'm like, I must've been on the whiteboard or something. So yeah, right? I feel privileged. <laughs> That's good, man. <laughs> well, yeah. Thank, thanks for not shutting Cody down. Cause he, he can be, you know, he, he's the bigger Mark out of the two of us. Oh, yeah. And so, <laughs> so, uh, comes with appreciate, old age. appreciate you giving us the time of day and yeah, i think we touched on some we touched on some things that maybe you haven't touched on on other interviews and yeah. so we we really appreciate it um we hope to have you on again sometime you know once you're at that big company and you've accomplished these goals and you know even before that you know a year down the road hopefully you've got a little bit more under your belt and uh keep at it man get shit done so you're right man Thanks. Thank you. That was the Unprofessional Wrestling Podcast. Did you like it? Tell a friend. Give them a like. Give them a subscribe. And come back next time. We'll see you here for the Unprofessional Wrestling Podcast.